Yes, guys, welcome back to a brand new podcast. This is season three, episode 18. We are back with the back nine pod. We are. It's been a while. We are back, though. We had the... Um... Well, it's been two weeks. It's been two weeks, yeah. Josh is actually sat there fretting that he's not got his Champions League ticket. Right? I am. Everyone else has got theirs, and I've not had mine through yet, so I'm, I'm a bit so just as hot a, under the collar. A caveat to how this works, everybody puts their ticket number in to sit near each other. Everyone near him has got it apart from him. Anyway, this is a golf podcast, but I just thought you'd let you know if Josh leaps and screams and happiness, it's because his ticket has finally come through. Correct. So we've got three sections today. We've got a chop of the week, which is actually changing some breaking news all around Donald Trump. I know this is a strange one. We've then got Tour Trash Talk about the Memorial, Live Golf. And then finally, actually included in this, is one of the most freak, strangest accidents you've ever heard of using a golf tee. Yeah. And then finally, Tech Talk. Yes. And then tip of the week after that. But let's start with Donald Trump. Never thought I'd start his podcast saying that. Do you like Donald Trump? Trump. I am not going to discuss politics. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know enough about it, if I'm honest. Neither do I. I think everyone's as bad as each other. Anyway. So, this is a weird change. Um, Okay, so, basically, ultimately, the RNA have come out and said, not Donald Trump's blacklisted, but Trump Turnberry is blacklisted until further notice. Now, just put this in perspective, Trump Turnberry is voted the fourth best open venue of all time. Yeah, and it's obviously got... Well, you think of Trump Turnberry, you think Lighthouse, you think of the, that... that That is the picture you have, isn't it? That, oh, it's a is, it the, is that the ninth hole? Yeah, no, I don't know if it's the ninth. It's because it's got two golf courses. I don't know... The Elsa course, yeah, that, isn't it? I, don't, I think you are right. It's the ninth. It's yeah. the halfway house. Andrew yeah. Murray. Look at this halfway house. Yeah, it must exactly. be the ninth. It must be. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's... It's a shame, really, because it is one of, like you said, like one of the best, the best open courses, arguably up there with one of the best courses in the country. Um, and for it to be blacklisted for reasons other than golf is a shame. Yeah. So essentially, they blacklisted it because they're worried about the conversation not being around golf in the sense of. People riot because it's owned by Donald Trump. Yeah. Protesters, safety of players, safety of staff, safety of fans. Yeah. And I get it, but I can't see him ever selling it. So we may never, ever see an open championship again at Trump Turnberry. Now, this is sad because, as I said, it's like the fourth best voted golf course of all time. Trump said he's made changes to the golf course to make it better. Well, not him personally, but... <laughs> Out on his mower. <laughs> <laughs> but essentially, we'd not never see it again. Yeah, and look, I do get it from the RNA point of view, but also, I think... It's very... I don't know, it's a hard one, isn't it? Because... I just yeah, like how golf yeah, and politics collide. Exactly, personally. that's the issue, isn't it? And also, the golfing demographic, they say about riots and this and that... The golfing demographic doesn't strike me as the kind of demographic no, no, that's no, going to riot. I don't think it's the golfers that would riot. Not the golfers, but do you know what I mean? Like the people who... Mate, they have riots there all the time. People protest... I've been there, right? And people are protesting outside the front of the hotel. But people protest everything. People protesting at the Derby this weekend for the horse racing. People protesting at the... There was just stop oil at the rugby, like, two weeks ago. Like, surely, realistically, the golf is going to talk for itself anyway. So if, if there are people at an event protesting, if the event is equally as amazing inside it gets brushed over very quickly yeah there'll be a few articles people protest the open this 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 and this but 
you bring in the best golf co- golf players together in one place to play on one of the best golf courses arguably in the world. I agree. That's what's going to be talked about. I agree, but the problem, I think, it's the more the, the, the sort of the safety aspect of like. Could fans get attacked? Could it be fighting because people are trying to stop golf? The, the, the whole thing is just a bit of a minefield. So yeah. I think that's exactly why they've, they've stopped. Yeah, and I get that. The, the, the other thing I'd say on it is, I know you said Donald Don Trump's never going to sell it, but did he buy it with a view to it with a view to it hosting an Open? Um, you never no, know. I think he bought it with a view to making money. But well, then, yeah, but do you know what I mean? Like That's going to bring money. So if he thinks, well, I can buy this, it's an Open venue, we can get the Open there, I'm going to make more money. Maybe, maybe that's the reason why I, I get go, what you're saying. You know what? I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but equally, how much golf? Did, how much? How many golfers go there every year? He's uh, gonna, exactly. He's making a fortune. Yeah. I mean, actually, somebody actually commented one of the videos saying that I don't know how true this is. Is only what someone commented that the, his golf courses as a whole, his products of the golf courses, lose money each year. Oh, really? So, but again, I don't know how true that is. Yeah. But I just thought it was interesting to start the podcast with that story. It is. Bit of a sad note, bit of a somber note, but yeah. Good, very good. Good good little bit of breaking sad news for everyone. Well, actually, and I did the research that, Josh. Thanks very much, everybody. Well done, mate. Let's talk about Tour talk. Trash Talk because this is excellent news. Excellent news for European Ryder Cup fans. Excellent news in general because Victor Hovland has claimed his first PJ Tour win and his first elevator event what? win. That's his first PJ Tour win? Yep. Mate, that's mad. Claiming... I think of Victor Hovland of being like a multiple winner. Yeah, no. He's, he's never that's won, his mate. first win. First win. He's had, he's had something like one win, something like seven top tens or something like that. I'm genuinely shocked right now that that's his first win. I mean, you say that he's earned nine million this year, though. I know, no, like, but he's not struggling. No, is no, no, no. I'm, 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 but I know I, what you mean. Exactly, because he's always up there. Yeah. I just assumed that he'd won multiple times before. Yeah, you, I mean, you've got me questioning myself now, but I'm pretty sure no, that's no, what no, I read. You stressed me out. But anyway. He earned $3.6 million, obviously with it being an elevator event. Um, he came from two shots back and moved up to, up three places to make the playoff with Denny McCarthy at seven under par. And he actually birdied 17 and 18, and he was the only player to birdie 17 on the final round um, to, to force a playoff. You just, I've just done a little check just to stop your anxiety. He's fifth in the world now. Yep. One win. Yep. Career actually, career, career, career. No, he's won four, three times before. First win this year. Oh, first win this year. My bad. I saw one win. <laughs> I didn't realize. It was so, just year. to clarify, his yeah. record is events played in '91. PJ Tour wins four, but that's his first win this year. International wins two. Made 81 of 91 cuts. That's seriously impressive. He's been runner-up four times. Third place. Four times, top five finish eighteen times in his career, top ten finish twenty three times in his career. He's a he totally turned pro in twenty twenty, and his official career money is twenty two million. Not and he's at nine million this year. Yeah, not struggling. Um, so first win this year. I do apologise for Victor Hovland claiming three point six million dollars. Um, and like I said, he birdied the last two holes. Only person to birdie seventeen yesterday, um, and just. All round amazing from a Ryder Cup perspective, in my opinion, because the more that these guys are up there winning and performing, the better it's going to be for for Europe from a Ryder Cup perspective. So, here's a question for you. If you're the player that birdies the last two to get into the playoff, is the momentum in your favour yes. or the person that's already in the clubhouse? Your favour. Why? Because the guy could have finished birdie birdie. Together. Correct. But the other guy, you, you're coming in 
later. He came in later. Um, so he's finished birdie birdie. So he's on a bit of a roll. And also, he's not having to go and hit balls on the range. He's going straight back to the next tee. Whereas this Denny McCarthy's been in the clubhouse, sat out on the, the range. You know what I mean, like, like the, the the stats of what what what's the percentage winners of the guys who get in last and yeah. then go straight to the playoff? Not necessarily. Well, it depends because you could finish bogey bogey in the playoff, couldn't you? Yeah, you so could. yeah, finish finish. Finish to make the playoff. Yeah. And then it'd be interesting to see the stats. Yeah, and interest yeah, to see how whether having to try and stay yeah. warm as it were against being warm and fresh off the golf course. Yeah. How it actually affects you. And um, then a caveat to that is did you bogey the last two to yeah. go in the playoff? Or did you birdie the last two like Victor Hovland did? Yeah, but the one thing I'd say is on Hovland, A like I said, it's good to see him up there, but he's he's a likable guy, isn't he? Like it's weird, like you said, you see him you see him and he wears all the wacky clothes and he, he made that comment a few weeks ago about <laughs> well they pay me to wear them so I'm going to wear them kind of thing he's a, he's, he strikes me being a likeable guy and the thing that adds to this is he was actually then today Bermani won 3.6 million dollars yesterday today Monday he was caddying for a former college teammate of his in final qualifying for you know the US what? Open I saw this I saw, this. I saw him he, he was crack dawn as well it's 36 yeah. holes that event you know yeah so, he, so he's I he's guess won he's not playing this week well probably not but how still how amazing is that as a person to to do that? Yeah, because um, you could easily go, mate. I just I've just won an elevator event. I'm having a few beers. Yeah, uh, yeah. Get yourself someone else. Yeah, uh, hit, I'll pay for your caddy. Yeah, uh, like exactly. But fair do seem. I wonder where that. that was in relation to where he was as well. I mean, well, yeah. You never know. No, yet. as in, like, he might have even had to travel to get there. Yeah, like private jet kind of thing. Not that he's struggling with three point six million dollars. Um, no. But yeah, so great win for for Victor Hovland. Hopefully, first of many this year. Um, and hopefully he can carry this form into the Ryder Cup. Other notables, I want to mention Scotty Scheffler, because we've spoken about him before, and I feel like I'm repeating myself all the time. Scotty Scheffler, the machine, was back again. So he made a surge on the final day, shooting five under, but left himself a little bit too much to do, as he missed out by one shot, so he finished six under. He missed out by one. Yeah. So he was out earlier, early early in in the day, and as he was... Finishing, I think the last group was like through four what? holes. What? But yeah, that was in like some massive surge then. Yeah, yeah. The field. Oh yeah. So he, well, he, he shot five. But I think he was he had the best score on the day, because um, the course was seemingly set up like ridiculously. Well, for for seven under to be the playoff, we when we look at PJ Tour events normally we're looking at fifteen under, sixteen, seventeen, twenty, twenty odd under, seven under. Mm. Is not low for these guys by any stretch no, of imagination. No, 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 not at all. But one thing I'd say is, and I think this was mentioned on the commentary, was obviously Memorial is uh, or Muirfield Village, sorry, is Jack Jack's Nicholas's course. course, isn't it? And what the the comment that was made on um, the commentary was, yes, it's set up hard, but it's set up hard because Jack wants to see these players playing shots, like having to play shots rather than just going drive a wedge kind of thing so it's sort of tricked up a little bit to get that out of See, these players I, I much prefer that though I, I, I would prefer I, would, I think I'm going to be honest right I would genuinely watch more golf if the course is set up like that week in week out because at the minute like you just watch it oh 27 unders won this week oh 25 oh 22 oh 18 so you prefer if players had to kind of pick their way around the golf course in a, in a sense of it's not driver off every tee it's not yeah yeah and then I think that, I mean, obviously, it's, it's hard because you say, well, like Rory hit a three wood. I think it was the fifth or the sixth hole. Rory hit 
Uh, Siwoo Kim went first and hit driver to like 280, 290. Roy steps up with three wood and dry, and it's hit 310. And it's like ridiculous still. Mm. But the fact that he's not hitting driver and he's having to club down, having to be more accurate because it was so punishing if you were in the rough, I think, like you said, it does make for better viewing. Um, and obviously, we saw last year that as soon as the, the Memorial Tournament finished, they were ripping up greens and changing all sorts of stuff. So it's obviously made it even harder this year. Like John Ram struggled. He was one over, I think, on the final day, going into the final day, I think, um, or halfway through his round. Like he was not up there by any stretch of the imagination. What do you think of Rory then? Come on. Oh, he was God. in there with a chance, wasn't he? He was for lead, lead. tied for the lead, like going into the final round, and it was all set up for him to do it. But I just. I don't know. I don't know. He just seemed to struggle. I think he had a. Th- I think I've got here. It was three over final round. So um, he dropped back to tied seventh. I think he was throwing pearls at him, wasn't he? Who? Phil Mickelson. Was he? Saying basically like how worn out he was, and that basically implying that he should have played live because he wouldn't have been as worn out. Well, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But I think it's one of them where Rory's obviously had that dip in form. As it were, we say dipping form. We mean, for Christ's sake, just finished tied seventh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. In a PJ Tour elevator event, we hold him at such high standards. That's yeah. Like, do we hold? This is one thing I'd say. Do we hold him? This is going to sound really harsh, right? But he's yes, he's up there. He's third in the world, right? But do we hold him on to a higher standards? Um. Yes and no. Because it's a strange thing to say that, isn't it? Yeah. Because you look at him, right? I mean, his career record will be absolutely seamless. Yeah. But the longer he goes through this streak, even if he stays at the top three in the world, like he's probably accrued enough points at the start of the year. Yeah. But do we hold him in too high standards? Again, yes and no. Yes, because... No, firstly, no, because he's an unbelievable golfer. When he when he turns up and his game's there, he is arguably the best in the world. If not, well, he's top three. We know that. So what's um, missing then? The reason why I think we do hold him to the two high standards is, and this is going to sound a bit flippant, but he isn't Tiger Woods. Everyone wants him to be Tiger Woods, but he isn't. Yeah? And I think that's what everyone me- me- is, is, is measuring it against. And that's why I think it's a bit harsh on him because... He, he's he been that figure for the PJ Tour, especially the last year, and having to do all that he's had to do and play golf, what he achieved winning the FedEx was unbelievable. So he was always going to have a downturn in form, but we're talking like a downturn as if he's fallen off the map. No disrespect, Ricky Fowler fell off the map. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Roy McIlroy hasn't. He just not. He just. He just didn't play well. Yeah, that I, I, I know. I know. And I think we do blow out the portion when we talk about Rory. But I just, uh, it's weird. I think he's obviously an amazing golfer. But do we all? Like, the thing is, I'd say right. I think you hit the nail on the head. We compare him to being like Tiger Woods, where he turns up at a major, you expect him to win. I don't think Rory is in that league. I, I'd argue, like I, personally. I feel like Scotty Scheffler is way ahead of him in the sense of more confident in a major, more confident in performing, but equally has not had to have as much on his shoulders than what Rory's had. 
it's a strange one. You could argue either way, but ultimately, I think we expect too much from him both on and off the course. So just on that then, is... I completely agree. I completely agree. Like, Scott Sheffer is a machine at the minute, right? But is that because there isn't the pressure? And the reason why there isn't the pressure is because how long has he been around for? So, what? Yeah, realistically, he won five out of six tournaments last yeah, year. Yeah, he did. He did. So you've got that pressure. Yeah, I agree. But equally, he's like, yeah, I did it last year. Roy McIlroy did it seven years ago, and the pressure is you've not done it since, mate. Yeah, I mean, he joined the tour in 2010. Yeah. So do you know what I mean? So he's done it. He's won all those majors and done all that so long, so long ago, as it were. So the yeah. pressure is, why are you not doing that now? Where for Scott Sheffield, the pressure is, just keep playing it, keep doing what yeah, you're doing. Yeah. Yes, at some point. Look at Jordan Spieth. At some point, maybe Scott Sheffield will have a downturn in form. But as long as he's riding that wave at the moment and can just keep playing like he's playing. Like, I know he didn't win this weekend, but crying out loud, like five under final day on a course that everyone was evidently struggling on. Yeah. The guy's machine. And I think it. the pressure from Rory is historic pressure of why you're not winning majors like you were because you won X amount in such a short space of time. I agree. I, I think, you know what, well, how the change of this is, right? If Rory wins the Masters, I feel like the monkey's off his back. Correct. And he will, he will open the floodgates and he'll play carefree. Yeah. I think right now his whole... And it makes it hard, doesn't it? Like Because the pressure of that tournament, everything about every year for him, whether he likes it or not, the media rhetoric is all around the Masters. Yeah, trying to be ready so then, in April. Therefore, 100%. actually, underlyingly, all his work will be all for the Masters. Yeah. Like, it's like, look at, look at last year... He performed so well in the PGA Tour. He won the FedEx Cup. Seemingly, again, I said seemingly again, I keep saying that. Almost coming from nowhere to do it. Like, it was like, he was nowhere near within, within a shower. And it, you, got, you obviously got to the, the final, at the FedEx Cup final, and he, and he won and, and he took it home. And he was almost almost embarrassed that he'd taken it off Scottish Sheffield. But you look at that, that performance, but there's still that in four months time well you've not won the Masters yet you've not done the Masters and, and like you said I completely agree if he gets that monkey off his back he could absolutely wipe the floor of everyone for years to come I agree but still, it's easier said than done let me still forget I'm sat here saying it looking at his stats that this year he's had four top tens and one win on the PGA Tour it's an unbelievable year it's not, how, and, and how, does it say how many events he's played this year doesn't does it no because I bet you the ratio isn't that. I, I bet you he's not played that many events. Nine events. So he played, he's played nine events and he's had four top tens and won one. Mm-hmm. And four top tens. And he's only missed two cuts. <laughs> so, I mean. That's what I mean. I mean, I, I, I think we just we, we nitpick at him far too much. Yeah. Anyway, I, I was a bit sad that he didn't manage to get the win. I did think, you know what? I think he's back here yeah. after the first couple of days. Even though he came out and said he still feels a bit tired, he's still not quite 100%. But I guess the other thing is, is he... Look, he doesn't need the money. He's he's earned his card, as it were. Million. Do you know what I mean? He's earned his card. He doesn't need the money. Is he now... Is his thought process, OK, I didn't have a good final round, but I'm building here to a Ryder Cup where I need to be... I need to hit my peak here. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. It's, no, I'd say the Open, the US Open. Yeah, well, yeah, they, obviously the majors, but he's not. He, I don't think he's worrying about winning the Memorial as much as he's worrying about winning the US Open. So he wants to 
get rid of this tiredness and hit his stride coming into the say. majors. Do you but, know what I mean? Uh, he always wants to win. That I'm not taking yeah, that away, yeah, but, yeah. but he won't be as bothered not winning this he's as the, he would be not winning the US Open. He's on the upwards trend. He's not 100%, on the peak. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's, yeah. What, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. Um, I'd agree with that, 100%. Yeah. Another one I want to mention, I've mentioned before, Ricky Fowler. Well, you slayed him about five minutes yeah. ago. It yeah, fell off a cliff, I think you used the words. But this is the reason why I want to mention him, because another good finish for him. Um, he finished tied ninth at two under par, and he's keeping that sort of streak going of top ten finishes, being up there, and it, surely, 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 Alex, it can't be long until we see him winning again and do you know what I mean like he's got to be uh, he's definitely back in the top 50 in the world yeah he's 44th which is brilliant considering where he was Um, so he can't be he last won in 2019 18-19 season which is mad really isn't it so that's four years ago surely it can't be long until he's back the way he's going again the upward trend that he is on like what's it, what's he had this year uh, overview for career results this year, this season, are he's had six top tens, fifteen cuts made, seventeen tournaments, one runner up, and twelve top twenty fives with just two missed cuts. It's not a bad year no, for great. someone I mean, being where he was. I mean, we we compare that to twenty twenty twenty. We compare that to 2021-2022, where he missed nine cuts, only played 22 events. Yeah. We compare that to 2020 to 2021, where again he missed nine cuts and um, and and played 24 events with no wins, no runners up, and only one top ten. That is a guy that is trending in the right direction, and hopefully. I mean, the previous year was even worse: six missed cuts, only 14 events. Well, so if he's top top, he's 44th in the world now. So he's going to be in the US Open, isn't he? Yes, uh, yeah, 100%. Or does it depend on when no, no, he was... No, I think he'll be... He would have been inside the top 60, 70 in the world, so prior to that event, to that I would end. guess. Yeah. So I would say he's already in the US Open. Well, that's good. We want him back in all the majors, ideally. So hopefully this can carry on and we'll see him at the Masters next year. And, the and open, he can mate. give a big uh, open. middle finger to... Uh, Nick Fassur, Nick Valvo. Yeah, but then Nick's, Nick, Nick's in the winners. Well, yeah, there is that. Deal. Yeah, ah. there is that. Ah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Bruin C, obviously, Puma athlete. We, we want to stick behind Ricky Fowler. Big Fowler. up, big up. <coughs> big up, my G. Um, so, yeah, fingers crossed that he can carry on as he's going. Um, so, let's just, obviously, well, I mentioned the course before about how it's been set up by Jack Nicholas to test the players on on playing shots, so we don't need to go over that again. Um, is there anything more you want to add, Ari Victor Hovland? Um, I just think I think it's a very very prestigious tournament. I think the whole nice thing is that you 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 take the trophy off Jack Nicholas. Yes, yeah. I yeah. think that the, the it's a good way. To, I know he's not dead, but a good way to pay respect to a legend of the game having 100%. a tournament in his name. Yeah. So yeah, I just think, at his golf course. Yeah, I think it's just a great tournament. And you see at the start of the week, and um, defending champion. Um, Got his name. What's his name? Billy Horschel. Yeah, crying. I did see that. So struggling. Essentially, yeah, essentially, he just said like his game's never been this bad. He can't find anything. He shot eighty-four or something. What um, going into the week and just simply doesn't know where his game's at. That's mad, isn't it? And he just thought it was it, it, it literally full on broke down in, in the an interview. interview. That is terrifying. And you did a video on this on yeah, Back Nine, on didn't Back you? Nine Films. So go and check that out. It's on Back Nine Films uh, on YouTube. And also, this is probably a good time to talk about Scottsdale Golf. It is. 
So if you want same day custom fitting, we usually bring this at the end when we do Tech Talk, but I think a lot of people are wondering like where's the best place to go and get your clubs, go and get fitted. You can get same day custom fitting at scottsdalegolf.co.uk. Um, they have a fitting centre, their dedicated like fitting centre isn't in Warrington, but it's just like off the limb. Off the limb Um really, really good. Like people travel actually all over the world to come. People have flown in, got fitted, got the club and left the club the same day. Um it is like a great experience. I got fitted there. Josh has been there loads of times. Um, so yeah, go and check them out. Uh, we highly recommend them. Okay, guys, we're getting to live golf now. This is two weeks ago, but I think it's good to mention this. I want to start off with this first point. Not about who won, the fact that it's back on YouTube. Yes, this is actually a very, very big talking point, and I'm glad you've started, actually. It's sort of started at the end of my list, but I agree that it's a good place th- to start yeah. because it's... A really bad sign. Potentially. It's not a great sign, is it? Yeah, because obviously they've got this new TV deal. So in the in the states with C, I think CW Sports, who quite frankly, when they announced it, I hadn't heard of the channel. So I'll say that for starters. But secondly, if they've got a TV deal and then all of a sudden this product, okay, it was free through free through the app, but all of a sudden this product is now back on YouTube where everyone can watch it for free. What does that say about the number of eyes that they were getting? Not a lot. Because well, I, heard that, I heard the ratings are absolute garbage. Like, And look, it's a shame because they seem to be getting the events right. They seem to be getting better as they go. Well, the Australian one seems to be a great success. Yeah, exactly. And obviously we had DC this week um, that coincidentally was at a Trump National Golf Club. Yeah. Um, now, going back to what I was at the start, maybe this is one of the things as well. Well, exactly. Um, Let's but, not put two and two together, though. <laughs> but it being back on YouTube, I think it was a it was a mistake them ever taking it off YouTube. I totally agree. I think that's what set them apart, the fact that it was free to watch. Exactly, and, and it was easily accessible. So you weren't messing about with what channels are on this and that. Straight on YouTube, straight on Live Golf Live. The coverage was good. There was no issue with that. And obviously, that's not changed when it's been on this other channel or through the app. But it's not as accessible. Like the app's okay, but you're watching it on your phone where you can just get YouTube on your TV now. And I just think that, like you said, they were being innovative. They were changing golf, having it on YouTube. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more. And they're back in London, in the UK. They so. are. I think we should try and go. I think it'd be good for the podcast point of view. This is not because we're paid by them, by the way, before somebody yes. else says that. I think it'd be just to see what it's like. Yeah. Is it different? I've never been to a PGA Tour event personally, but I've been to quite a lot of European Tour events and quite a lot of um, Opens. Yes. Don't look at me like that, you clown. <laughs> I'm not even saying it. I said I attended them. I didn't say what you were insinuating. I said, what an idiot. Uh, if you watch, if you listen, if you watch, if you listen to this podcast a lot, you'll know exactly why Josh is laughing. Um, but it'd be good to see what the like is where I was It will. I agree. I agree. Like, obviously, we did the Open last year, which was an amazing thing to do. I think, yeah, it'll be good. When is it? 7th to 9th. So go out the weekend on the Saturday. 7th to the 9th of July. At Centurion Club. Yeah. Okay. St. Albans. Watford, basically. Lovely. Lovely. Well, we will bring an update on that if we can get down there um, to go and see it. It'd be interesting to see how much it is. Well, hopefully we so, can... Oh, it says there. Contact 35 some, quid. Hopefully we can contact somebody and, and get... Paid. I mean, um, get no, tickets. No, 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 no. <laughs> get tickets. Bloody hell, to play in the pro-am. Seven and a half grand. No, thank you. The people do that, though. There will be people no, of course they will, yeah. Of course they will. Um, do I get to play with Brooks Kepka? That's for one spot. 
One spot is seven and a half grand. One group is nineteen and a half. God, they must be making a fortune. To it, for for nineteen and a half grand, I would want to play with either DJ. Look at my checkout. That is ridiculous. I'm a banger car here. I'm a DJ Brooks Kepka. You can't do that. Yeah, one of them. I, I say, yeah, I won't say with either DJ oh, Brooks right, Kepka, yeah. um, Phil Mickelson. Um, I'm talking. Who, who else is big dogs over there? Arguably, someone like Lee Westwood would be quite cool. Polter. But you want to play with a big dog. <laughs> Just maxed out the checkout. Maxed out the checkout. £73,000. You can do five spots and that's £73,500. That's just a joke, isn't it? But interestingly, I, I didn't know that that was... No, I thought no, like the Pro-Am was... By the way, that is a brilliant concept. That The fact that you can pay pay for one spot on yourself. Because there'll be some very, very rich people out yeah. there that would love to play with some of the... well. Some of the top pros in the world. Yeah, it's yeah. a great way of doing it. It is because obviously I imagine with a PJ Tour event for the proms, all invites and surely you can't just pet. Usually it's like sponsors, sponsors, and, charities. Yeah, people, charities have given away the PJ Tour have given away a spot and someone's paid a lot of money from the charity. Yeah, yeah. Usually it's like sponsors and stuff. So actually, it's a great idea to to allow people to get involved. Yeah, um, but, but it's, it's, clearly awful, not, it's clearly not sold out. It's an awful lot of dough. Um, so as I say, we offer a golf, we offer a golf, we offer a limited golfing pro am spots, giving amateurs a once in a lifetime experience to tee up with a pro. The day includes meals, a premium gifting experience, and group of three amateurs will play with one pro on the front nine and on a different pro on the back nine. Age requirements are sixteen and older. Ah, so you get two pros. That's quite good. Yeah, you ain't gonna get Brooks and no, they ain't bothered, are they? And yeah. DJ, are you? No. You, they will have to play them, but the chance... Oh, they'll be someone will be paying big money yeah, to play with them. The brown envelopes being thrown around there. Yes, of course they will. Of course they will. So anyway, we sort of digressed there. We did. Back to um, Live Golf DC. So it was won by Harold Varner third. It's their seventh event, seventh event of the year, and it's his first win over on Live. He won the score 12 under par, and he won by one shot from Brandon Grace. So he took home $4 million dollars plus the money he made from his team finishing third. Um, so, again, we, we, I'm not going to go into the money and this and that because it, it's, it doesn't mean anything now. Like, it doesn't matter whether they get paid 4 million, 3.6 million. To these guys, it's an awful lot of money. I think, I'm glad it's back on YouTube. Um, and I think the, this, and we're going to talk about... Um, I know his caddy. Who's his caddy? It's called Chris Rice. Chris Rice is now... He's from around here. ...wadded. He's made a pretty penny there, hasn't he? Probably 10% of that win. 400 grand? Probably a bit more. Might have got the bonus of the team as well. <laughs> oh! What a day. Isn't that... Not bad for a week's work? No. I mean, it's tough. It, uh, you say that, but it's it's a, it's tough, isn't it? I mean, it's not a tough caddy for somebody who's at Haravana the third now. Because he was either a top 30 in the world player or he's going to be winning most weeks on here. Yeah, fair. Fair. I That's think it, it's, a, it's a nice way to balance your toughness, the $400,000 bonus. Oh, yeah, it balances out, yeah. doesn't it? And I'll live in Jupiter, Florida, so I don't have to pay any taxes on it. Even better. <laughs> Even better. I don't know that, by the way. I'm just speculating. Right, let's go back to YouTube because... Before we move on to my final little thing about golf injuries, which is mad, you made a good point before we started this podcast about 
how golf is changing. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do a video on this, aren't we? Mm. So we're not going to give it all away, but with Liv going back on YouTube and what good, good golf are doing at the minute and the likes of Bob Does Sports and Outside Golf and Backline Films. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Come on, can't, 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 can't not promote ourselves. Here. We can't. And Backline Films and Rick Shields. I actually agree with you that that is the future of golf. Big time. Big time. So It's free to watch, right? Exactly. And the quality of what you can watch is arguably the same. Now, I know Good Goods Championship, a few of the videos weren't great, but that's teething problems. That's just a start. I agree. But we're not going to go any further into that because we're going to do the video. I just think all I'm going to say is they should never have gone off YouTube Love Golf. Yes. I think that would have grown them bigger. Yes. And I think that would have maybe... Faster as well. Yeah, I think that would have maybe swayed more viewing figures because yeah. simply it's free to watch yes and if there's no if if the people haven't paid for the golf channel or sky sports or anything like that they're not going to be able to get it no i agree i agree right let's talk golf injuries because this story i saw this before when i was doing a little bit of research and this is the maddest golfing injury i've ever heard just before an injury that i saw you know the tea markers that go in the grounds not a tea peg T-marker. T-marker. You know, the, 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 the things that are the whites, the yellows. Whatever. Yeah. I've seen some of that go somewhere to someone's book before. Not personally, but I've heard of the story of it. Surely that can't have been a player. Why would it have been upside down if the players were out there? No, I think it was. Green, um, green stuff. So, this is madder than that. So, collegiate golfer forced out of NCAA championships after freak accident with a T. Now, what was your? If I read that to you, and I've, okay, you know what the story is. What would your first thought be? Hit him in the eye. Correct. My first thought is, he's hit a shot, it's flicked up, or, or someone's hit a shot, it's flicked back. Or he's gone in his bag and it's gone down his fingernail. Ooh, <laughs> that's a sore one. We've all been there. There's that is a sore one. There's not. Um, maybe a paper cut. But anyway, this week for the men's NCAA championships, Oregon's, and I hope I say this right, Greg Solhag. So his chances of becoming an NCAA golf champion with Oregon cut short. During the second round of the championship, Solhag, a junior, so I think that's his second year at uni, I think, or third, was involved in a fluke accident that caused him to withdraw from the event. According to a report from Golf Week, while on a tee box during the second round, Solhag stepped on a tee the T went through his shoe and into his foot, forcing him to withdraw from with injury. Oh my god! Through his shoe into his foot. I genuinely don't think there's anything worse than that. The only way I can see that it's potentially been a T that's been ha- split in half. How? How? Well, what shoes are you wearing, by the way? For that is a good shot, but a T that's been split in half is the the ground's firm and it's obviously sort of landed pointing up and he's just stepped on it and because the ground's so firm it's just gone through it's the rubber shoe. billion dollar shoe in it. It is. The Zion Williamson thing. Yeah, where he, yes. like the basketballer went through the shoe. Don't so, tell anybody where your shoes were because it's going yeah. to seriously affect the company. So that, that the story there that Alex is talking about is about a basketball player called Zion Williamson who was playing at Duke University in, um, I think it was in the final of the NCAA Championships again, or was in the in on the playoffs. TV, it? it was on TV. He there were a night. It was a night shoe, and he basically put his. He was turning and put his foot through the side of the shoe. The shoe, in essence, exploded, and his foot came out the side of it. All the stitching went, and the story is that it cost Nike billions of dollars because 
everyone's A has seen him do that. He then signed with a different company, I'm sure, for his shoe. So when he went to the NBA, so it's, yeah, not ideal. So whoever it is is providing these golf shoes is not going to want them to know. However, I'll say this. I have seen the picture of the guy wearing a Nike shoe. So it could be, okay, maybe he's not as high profile as Zion Williamson, but not same ideal. Thing, same it thing. is the same, it is the same. Right. Anything else you want to add on Tour Trash Talk? No. Any more freak injuries? No, that's absolutely spot on. Let's go on to Tech Talk, and we are talking... Putters. Irons? Oh, sorry, irons. <laughs> <laughs> we are talking irons. Yes, we're talking the top irons of 2023, as voted for by golfers. Ooh. Now, I always think this interesting, because it always throws up some random ones in there for me, because... Kirkland's or something. Well, simply, yeah. Like, Strixon's in there, which is which obviously some very, very nice irons. But I don't know, bet you never even heard of these. So I'm going to talk about a few of them because we've got a video coming up on Bat9 Films like this. Tor Edge Exotics. Nope. Never heard, heard of them. So they're fifth on the list. Never heard of them. Mad. Uh, Mizuno in there. Yeah, yeah. Cobra yeah. in there. Ooh. And Pinger in there. I'm going to tell you what order. See, you'd, I'd expect the likes of TaylorMade to be in there. With the at so least the P790s, P770s. Callaway. Callaway to be in there with the is it Apexes that they have now? Oh, or the Paradigms Apex, or whatever they are. Paradigm. Um, obviously, you've said Cobra in there. I'm intrigued to see which ones they are. Uh, they're probably not the Ricky Fowlers. Um, they are? <laughs> no way. No, no. <laughs> it, I, I reckon, okay, well, we'll, we'll see this on the video. I reckon it's either going to be the Forge Sex or the Mim Tours. Then... Um, Ping, yeah, I can see that because there's a lot of a lot of golfers. A lot of older golfers yeah, like Ping because they're, they're notorious for forgiveness, notorious for just providing good quality. So, yeah, watch out this week. Actually, your video will be up on this. Um, okay. So, listen to the pod. Go and check it out because the video is up Tuesday. We're filming this on Monday. Um, so, yeah, go and check out that video. If you're looking for some new irons, it might help you persuade you uh, to make sure you make the right decision. If you go and get fitted at Scottsdale, you can ask the right questions. Yes, we um, love that. Okay, tip of the week. Can I can I do a tip of the week? Yeah, fire away. But but I want you to back me up on this because we spoke about this. And on... this is our resident pro. No, no, PGA Kinder. We spoke about this on Sunday when we were talking about my golf. Yeah. And I want to talk putting because notoriously you have always said to me you put with your knees terrible putter correct. However, at the minute, think of John way... Wayne <laughs> or think of Elvis. Put the combination together and add Kinder. That's how he puts. At the minute. Jives. Anyway, at the minute, I've been putting quite nicely. I've been playing really well, putting quite nicely. And I think it's it's twofold. Firstly, I changed my putter. Secondly, being positive. Now, I'm not saying everyone can go and change the putter. I get that. But the second point of being positive and being confident is massive. Okay. How much negative talk the golfers have and about the whole game, but especially when they're on the green, my new view on this is get it in the hole. How do I need to get it in the hole? I'm going to make the putt, get it in the hole. That's the only thought process, do you know what I mean? Like, as opposed to trying to be yeah, I agree. negative, yes, I, I want to be in a dustbin lid, but... Well, look at it this way, right? When people warm up, they always hit some close ones, don't they? If they don't make like three or four in a row, they just keep going. Yeah. So like, I, I would always say, yeah, people put negatively in the sense of, right, I don't want a three putt. Yeah. But you've got to, I would look at it this way. If you're outside 15 feet, 
dustbin lid it. Yeah. Because you'll two put more often than you'll three put. Yeah. Don't go and try and hold them. Yeah. Actually, you'll probably hold more than you think. Yeah. Anything inside that range, try and make them. Try and move more positive. That doesn't mean you have to whack it. But what I'm saying is, have that view of, right, these are the ones I should make. Makes you relax on the other ones that you shouldn't make and you probably tend to make less mistakes. And interestingly, having changed the putter and gone to more of a blade putter, uh, the, the Odyssey that, that you were previously using, it's it's mad how mentally that's changed my approach. Like, it's almost, not not as almost like, but yeah, I've got I've got to be all right here because no, no, I look, I, I, I look I like I can play a bit. But having a putter... I don't know, it's weird. It's giving me like a new confidence behind I mean, it. There is something in that. Use it use the good equipment, you you make you elevate you. I, I agree. Completely agree. So be confident when putting. That's that is my tip. Be the ball. See the ball. <laughs> the ball will go in. Be the ball. <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for listening to this week's pod. Don't forget to pass the pod. Make sure you subscribe on whatever where, wherever you listen to this, Spotify, Apple. Share it with any other people that you think will be very interested in just some light-hearted golf chat and keeping you up to date with everything that's going on in the golf industry. And we look forward to joining you next week here on the pod. But in the meantime, come and check me and Josh out on Bat9 Films. Uh, we've got a host of videos that go up pretty much every day. Um, so come and join us over there too. See you next week.